Hey, Moncton Wesleyan. Who's excited to be at church this morning? Absolutely. Hey, and we also want to welcome those who are joining us online. I am so excited to be able to share God's word with you this morning. There's something powerful about his word, and it is such a privilege for us to get to open it today. And I just have to say, my wife, Jess, and I, we've been here for three months, and we are so blown away at what an incredible church we're a part of. There is something truly special here at Moncton Wesleyan, and I'm so thankful for Pastor Joel and his leadership The heart he has for this church and for this city is powerful. Absolutely. Let's thank him. So, so, so thankful. And hey, I also want to thank you, church, for trusting me and entrusting me with your teens. God is doing something powerful in this next generation. Just this past fall, we've had five decisions for students to follow Jesus, and we've had 13 students raise their hand and say, I'm interested in knowing more about baptism. God is doing a powerful work. And just, yeah, absolutely. Let's give it up for God. He's so good. And even just a week ago, we had a grade six student, she made the decision to follow Jesus for the first time, received her first ever Bible, and is now diving into God's word, and she's so excited to be making her way through Matthew. So I just believe that God's up to something big, and I want to thank you for your prayers, for your investment, and for allowing us to see what God wants to do in this next generation. Now, I also want to take a moment, and on behalf of the pastoral staff here at Moncton Wesleyan, we want to thank you for the incredible incredible, incredible Pastors Appreciation Month this October. I was absolutely blown away. There were so many life groups that went above and beyond and honored us during Pastors Appreciation Month. And one highlight uh, was that somehow a life group found out that my favorite candy was sour cherry blasters. And something you need to know about me is that my favorite food group is candy. I have a lot in common with Buddy the Elf in that way. If you've seen the movie Elf, <laughs> that's, a, that's a Christmas staple. But I was so thankful. I was sitting in my office, and, and I'm pretty sure, no word of lie, three packages of Sour Cherry Blasters were delivered to me. And I was just sitting there and munching on them as I was doing my work. And I was like, Lord, I knew you called me to Moncton for a reason. I knew it. I knew it. So, <laughs> but in all seriousness, thank you, thank you, thank you. Our passage for today is Matthew 14, 20. We're going to go into God's word because it is powerful. That's one of the things that I love about this church. It's the fact that we're not based on opinion. We're not based on culture. We're not based on anything other than God's word and God's word alone. So Matthew 14, 22, as you're flipping there, I want to ask you a question. Did you ever make a decision and then shortly after realized it was a mistake? Did you ever make a decision and shortly afterwards realized it was a mistake? Maybe it was deciding to put off filling up the gas in your vehicle and now your gas is getting dangerously low. Maybe for some of you it's eating that extra helping of Thanksgiving dinner even though you know you shouldn't have. My wife, Jess, and I, we were in a situation where we realized we had made a mistake just this past summer. I'm really into canoeing, and uh, I find it super relaxing, love to do it anytime that I can. And my wife, Jess, and I, we were canoeing the St. John River. And the water was a little bit choppy. It was a little bit of a stormy day, but nothing too serious. But uh, despite wisdom telling us otherwise, we decided to cross onto the other side of the St. John River. Now, once we had gotten uh, to the other side, the wind picked up, the wind was working against us, and even though it should have taken us, 
us maybe 10 minutes to get back. We were battling for an hour to get to the other side of the river to where we started off. And uh, the entire time, Jess was at the front of the canoe. The waves were crashing in. She was freaking out. I was inwardly freaking out, but on the outside was trying to maintain this calm, steady presence saying, Jess, it's okay, it's okay. But inwardly, I'm like, oh my goodness, are we going to sink, right? Like it was a nuts experience. And the reason I share that is because our story today, the disciples were in a really similar situation. They were crossing a big body of water. They were in a boat and they were terrified. We're in Matthew 14, 22. Let's read it together. Verse 22, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on water. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Can I just say that Jesus says the same thing to you when you're in fear? Take courage, I am here. Verse 28, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. Walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him and he said, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind had stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him, saying, you really are the son of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that your word is powerful. You have a promise in scripture that, God, when we read your word, that it doesn't come back void, that something happens in us. So Lord, I just pray that you would transform us today, that we would walk away different, that you would do something powerful here in this place, that we would learn more about you and we would be transformed to look more like you. God, we're so thankful, and we are expectant for all that you want to do. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen. Amen. The title of this message today is Faithful Forever. Can you say that with me? Faithful Forever. This is a message that I shared with the youth uh, quite a quite a while ago, and I know that God's been doing something in my heart through this, and we're in this series called What is God Like? And I would contend that one of the things that we need to internalize and realize about God is that God is faithful. The reason that we are calling this message today Faithful Forever is because I think that oftentimes we're in a similar situation as these disciples. We're in a similar situation where we feel like a storm has risen up in our life. It's not a matter of if there will be storms in our lives, it's when will there be a storm. Maybe for some, it's the stress that comes with COVID. Maybe for others, it's relationship or marital issues, a job loss. Maybe for some of the students in the room, it's bullying. Maybe it's mental illness. The reality is that it's not if a storm will happen in your life, it is when. And I think that God has so much hope and faith for us through this story. Because we've got this story when Peter becomes the first and the last person to ever walk on water. He trusts that God is faithful. He trusts that God is faithful. And Peter walks on water, but eventually the storm gets to him. The fear gets to him. He stops focusing on the miracle maker and starts focusing on his fear. He started to sink. And 
wouldn't we say that sometimes we get into situations in life where we're fearful and it feels like we're starting to sink? Doesn't it feel like sometimes we're sinking? Whether that's you right now or maybe that's in the past or possibly in the future, it's true that there are situations in our life that make us feel like we're sinking. And I want to dive into this passage and look at three different ways that God proves his faithfulness and what God is like. The first is this. God is faithful when we're faithless. He's faithful when we're faithless. Can you say that with me? God is faithful when we're faithless. In verse 30, it says, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Verse 31, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Let me ask you this. What was the first time that someone lost their faith? The first time that someone broke your trust, the first time that somebody was unfaithful. Maybe when you were younger, it was a brother or sister punching you in the nose. Like maybe, maybe it was something trivial like that. Maybe it was a friend lying to you. Maybe it was somebody that said that they were going to do something, and then they went back on their word. I remember for me, I was in grade one or two, and it was my friend Brad. He had come over to my house before school, and he said, hey, Austin, uh, for the math homework, what, uh, what did you get in response to question number two? And I said, and he said, uh, I got uh, 13. That's what I got for the answer of this math question. And I said, oh, no, like I got, I got 20 for the answer to that math question. And he said, oh, perfect. I didn't actually do the homework. I just wanted to cheat off you. And I remember that I was flabbergasted. Like, as a grade one, as a little child, I couldn't believe that he had just cheated off me. I almost felt dirty. Just like, I, like just as this little child, he had broken my trust. He was unfaithful in that moment. And I think the truth is that as human beings, we don't like it when somebody isn't faithful to us. We don't like it when friends break promises. We don't like it when somebody lies to us. We don't like it when our trust is broken. But here's the wild part. I think that sometimes, even though God has never broken our trust, even though God is faithful, we tend to base our trust on God, not on who he says he is, but on our experience with other human beings. We tend to measure God's faithfulness maybe on our father, maybe on our mother, maybe on our marriage. And the reality is that when we do this, we are shortchanging God. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrated his own love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While I was a sinner, while you were a sinner, Christ died for you. I don't think we can ever fully comprehend the magnitude of that verse. When we were faithless, God was faithful. Here's a crazy thought. Jesus died on a cross for people that will never acknowledge him, they'll never come to believe in him, and they don't even love him back. Picture that. Jesus died not even sure if certain people would accept his sacrifice, but he did it none the less because God is faithful even when we're faithless. The reality is that you can't outsin God's faithfulness. You can't outrun God's faithfulness. You can't underperform your way out of God's faithfulness. God is faithful, period. God is faithful when we're faithless. There's nothing that you can do. I heard this before and it still blows my mind to this day. There is nothing you can do to make God love you any more or any less than he does right now. 
God loves you so much. He's so faithful no matter where you're at. Know that nothing can ever change his faithfulness to you. That's our first point. But our second is this. God is faithful when we're forgetful. Can you say that with me? God is faithful when we're forgetful. I honestly think that it wasn't just that the storm was so big for Peter. When we look at this story, I I don't think it was just the storm. I think that he actually forgot how faithful Jesus was. He forgot the miracles. He forgot all of the things that God had done for him up to that point. He was so focused over here on the storm, on his fear, on the thing that was blocking his view of the miracle maker, that God was faithful no matter what. In verse 30, we see, but when Peter saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. When his situation changed, he forgot God's faithfulness. But I think the truth, church, is that we do the exact same, right? I think that it's so easy for us to forget how good God is. There's a powerful verse in Psalm 78 that drives this home. It'll be up on the screen. Then they remembered that God was their rock, that God the Most High was their Redeemer. But all they gave him was lip service. They lied to him with their tongues. Their hearts were not faithful to him. They did not keep his covenant, yet God was merciful and forgave their sins and did not destroy them all. Many times he held back his anger and did not unleash his fury. We've got this verse in the Psalms that it it sums up God's relationship with the Israelites throughout the Old Testament. This past summer, I got to speak to you guys on Samson and his setbacks and the book of Judges. And you see all throughout the Old Testament and in Judges that the Israelites had something that we'll call spiritual insomnia. Spir- or sorry, spiritual amnesia. Spiritual amnesia. They constantly forgot how good God was. And in this section of the Bible, in the Old Testament, we see that God was chasing the Israelites even after failure, after failure, forgetfulness, after forgetfulness. It's easy for us to forget how good God is, especially in times of fear, especially in times of fear. And how many of you would say that it's so easy to forget his goodness in times of trouble? You know, it reminds me a little bit of this. Some of you might know maybe the most forgetful movie character in history. Probably one of the most famous movie characters. There's going to be a picture of her up on the screen. It's from the super popular movie, Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. And I honestly think that we have similar issues to Dory in our spiritual walk. We know God's good. And then the next day, it's so easy for us to just walk away and forget. We've seen God do miracles in our life. We've read his word, we've read about his faithfulness, but then we go and forget. There's a wild fact that puts this in perspective. I was reading this study from Time Magazine. There's gonna be a a graphic of it up on the screen. The average attention span for the notoriously forgetful fish is the goldfish. It's nine seconds. But according to a new study from Microsoft Corporation, it says that people generally lose concentration after just eight seconds. Seconds. Eight seconds. It's wild to believe. But I think that that drives home the point that in this ultra-distracted generation, where it's so easy for one moment we're reading our Bible and then a text pops up on our phone and all of a sudden we're away from our Bible or away from the Bible app and all of a sudden we're on Facebook, on Instagram, 
how easy it is for us to get distracted from the truth of God's word. I think the issue that we run into is that when we forget about God, we think that he in turn forgets about us, but I think somebody needs to hear this today, that God never forgets about you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never lose faith in you. He will never forget you. God is faithful when we're forgetful. And I hear people say that I don't feel like God is close to me. I feel like, I feel like God is far away, but the reality is today, church, that God has never moved. When we feel removed from God, he hasn't removed himself. We've removed ourselves. The ball is in our court. You can be as close or as far away from God as you would like. The ball is in your court. You today can make the decision, I want to get close to God. I don't want to forget him. I want to trust in his faithfulness. That's our second point. But our third and final point is this. God is faithful forever. God is faithful forever. That's the title of our message today, and that's our third and final, and perhaps our most important point. Deuteronomy drives us home in chapter 7, verse 9. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant of loving devotion for a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. What's so cool about this verse is it's one of the most quoted passages in the Bible. Just in my devotions this morning, I was reading somewhere else in scripture that quoted this verse. God is faithful to a thousand generations. God is faithful forever. It never runs out. It's unconditional. And God can never be outrun. God's faithfulness never ends, period. And I think the trouble that we get into so often is that we measure God's faithfulness by our human standards. It's so easy for us to base our experience on God from our human perspective. I, I talk to a lot of people that are struggling with their faith, and the most common thing, the absolute most common thing that I find isn't that people don't like God. They, they don't like the people in their life that have come to represent God, or they don't like the people that have represented God in their life. How can God be good if this person was so bad? How can I trust God if this happened in my family? How can I believe God loves me if I didn't find love in this spouse or in this parental figure? God's faithfulness can't be humanly comprehended, and that's why it's so difficult for us to get. God's love can't be judged by our standards, but by his truth. He says he loves you. He says he'll never forsake you. He is faithful forever. You can know that in any fear, in any storm, in any circumstance, no matter what, God has got your back. And I think in a society that's full of the cancel culture, it's full of being able to break up a friendship just by clicking a button on Facebook, that there's something so powerful if we truly grasp onto this concept that God's not going to leave you. God's not like that friendship that failed in years past. God's not like maybe the relationship issue that you've walked through, that you can count on God. And I think that if we truly understand his faithfulness, that that's actually going to allow us to be more faithful to him in turn. If we know that that relationship with him can't, 
uh, can't be severed on his end. We can walk away, but he'll never walk away from us. He'll constantly be pursuing us. That something powerful can happen in your relationship with God. God is faithful through any circumstance. I want to get personal on this one. Um, a number of years ago, I uh, was, was in an incredibly great season in my life. Work was going well. Uh, my wife, Jess, and I had just gotten married a couple months earlier. And uh, I got a, a terrible diagnosis at the time. Um, my, there had been some weird uh, mental things going on, and I got a diagnosis of a disorder called bipolar one uh, disorder. And in that time, it, it really it felt like a death sentence. I, I couldn't comprehend it. But at that time, it was, so, uh, it was so bad, and there was such a recovery process involved with it that I was in the hospital for two weeks. Uh, but the tricky thing with that is that I was in the States at the time. My wife Jess and I were working in the States, and we didn't have health insurance. So in that moment, I was the lowest uh, that I had ever been. I was in the depths of depression, and we estimate that uh, the hospital stay cost at least $10,000, for which we didn't have insurance coverage. But I had a faithful God. When I was at my worst, God was at his best. We didn't know what we were going to do, but we knew that we could start praying. We knew that we could trust in him. We knew that God was an overcoming God. We knew that God was a miracle-working God. And I'll never forget the day that I was called into the doctor's office, and one of the representatives of the hospital sat down with us, and they said, um, Austin, you're, you're going to be a part of a program, and we're going to wipe your entire medical bill, and you're not going to pay a cent for this time in the hospital. And it didn't make sense. It still doesn't make sense to this day that a Canadian citizen in a U.S. hospital, that God would do a miracle like that. But we serve a God that is faithful forever. In my darkest hour, God was faithful. And through incredible doctors, through treatment, that's now a part of my story. And I can say that God has helped me overcome uh, that, that diagnosis and has helped me walk through that, that mental illness. So God is so good. He's so good. Bipolar one. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and I, I just want to say, they, they say that 25% of people uh, struggle through mental illness. And I hope you know that a diagnosis isn't a death sentence. It's a story that God can use to show that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. There's a verse that I cling on to so much when I'm struggling mentally, when I struggle with the reality that I still need treatment. I know that God's strength is made powerful in our weakness. So know that through our forgetfulness, through our faithlessness, God is faithful forever. The next time that you struggle with spiritual amnesia, the next time that you find yourself straying away from God, know that God is ready to meet you right where you're at. Know that God... His love can never change for you. That he is faithful through fire, through the storms, through the ups and the downs, through the relationship troubles, through the lost jobs, through struggling in school, through the death of a loved one. God is faithful. So I guess the big question today is, 
what is God like? He's faithful. Do you trust in his faithfulness? Do you believe in his faithfulness? Do you live out his faithfulness in your life? I believe that there's people in this room today that you haven't committed yourself to his faithfulness. You haven't said yes to him yet. And maybe today is your day if you're ready to make that decision. To say yes to Jesus, no to the ways of the world, no to your sin. To say yes to all that God has for you. Maybe for others, it's looking inwardly and saying, you know, I feel like maybe I have some spiritual amnesia in my life. Maybe for you, it's getting plugged into a small group that can remind you of God's faithfulness in those times of spiritual amnesia. Maybe for others, it's realizing that diving into God's word, his powerful, never changing word, maybe that's the best way to remind you, having that daily routine of diving in with God. I would encourage you, wherever you're at, put your trust in God's faithfulness. Know that his faithfulness is forever. It will never change. You can never lose it. It's easy for us to think of God as so many things, but forget how faithful he is. He won't let you down. He's faithful forever. So let me ask you today, have you put your trust in God's faithfulness? If you want to commit your life to Jesus or recommit your life to Jesus, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'd encourage you to pray that with me. But regardless, let's bow our head and close our eyes. Father God, if there's anyone in this room that wants to commit their life to you, I just ask that they pray this with me. Father, I'm sorry for the things I've done. I'm sorry for how I've strayed away from you or how I haven't followed you, but God, forgive me for my sins and make me into a new creation. Jesus, I accept you as Lord and Savior in my life, and I pray that this wouldn't just be a one-time decision, but God, something that I live out day to day for the rest of my life. Father, I thank you for your love. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us, to die so that we can live and have life and eternity with you. God, for all of us, I pray that we would trust in your unending faithfulness. God, we know that storms are going to come. We know that things are going to hit us at a left field. But God, we know that you are so good. So God, help us to not just be hearers of the word, but help us to be doers of the word. Help us to follow you with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, all our soul, and all of our strength. God, we love you. We praise you. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen.